Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing when we were hearing these prayers in these languages. And the thing that I was thinking about, you know, we're going to hear that in heaven, you know, and that's just two. That's just two languages that we'll hear in heaven, and there's going to be so much more. And it just gets me excited because that is our focus. That is what we want to see is that all nations, all languages, all tongues worship Jesus. And I was just thinking, you know, you've come from Japan. How many more are in our city that this is their first outside of their culture experience? And so I'm, I'm hoping that today would revive us to be wanting to go and talk to people that are, because we've got the nations at our doorstep, and we want to see them in the kingdom, not because Jesus is awesome and that he redeems and he restores, but that's because God desires it. God desires every nation. He's created all these, these languages and he desires them to be with him. And so I'm really excited about today. Ooh. Um, because that's what, you know, this, this whole thing about tribes, right? This is our tribe. This is, this is our, our people right here. And we've been discussing about relationships. We've been talking about, you know, how to have that. We had the panel last week. You know, I haven't been here. I've actually been elsewhere. <laughs> I've been on holiday in Canada, as you can tell from my accent. Um, but I've been watching abroad. I've been looking and seeing all that God's been doing the last few weeks. But today, what I want us to do is really look at loving ambition. Ambition that's beyond ourselves. okay? Looking outward. You know, yes, we've been looking at those things that go on inward, right? But we want to go beyond ourselves. And so I'm just going to pray that, um, yeah, that God would really lead this time. So Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the nations. I thank you that you, yeah, that you created every single one. Ones that maybe we don't even know about, but they will be in heaven, as you've said. That, that every nation, tribe, language, people will be in heaven worshiping you. And we thank you for that. And today, God, I want to pray you would stir our hearts, that you would give us a new dimension of how to look at relationships, that you would turn our eyes where your eyes are and teach us, teach us more. And so I pray that you would just deposit in our hearts to love one another, to be ambitious in how we love each other. So, yeah, I would pray your words today would be in my mouth, in Jesus' name. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the title of this message, the focus is Loving Ambition, Go Beyond Ourselves. We need to go outward. We need to be beyond ourselves. Now, when we think of the word ambition, right, it's a good thing sometimes. Having ambition, what is it? Ambition is defined by an intense drive for success, power, a desire to achieve honor, 
wealth and fame. To be ambitious in the worldly sense is essentially to be determined to have more than your neighbor. Yeah? That's essentially what the world is. Just you want to have more than your neighbor. You know, and often you hear the motto. This is, um, I don't know if you guys have heard this. Maybe this is more of an American thing. Um, he who has most toys win. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> you know, um, I think it's probably more of like, uh, maybe it's a Canadian thing. Because um, I was just in Canada. And... Um, I never realized how outdoors Canada's like I have, but I, it's a little bit forgotten about it. And so I was giving Wes as much experience about outdoor nature. Um, and so, but it's so funny because I, growing up, we always lived not in a rural area. We've always lived in a city, grew up near Toronto, then moved somewhere else. And so my, and I have three older brothers and We didn't really have a lot of toys or gear, Um, but I I visited this time, and my dad has a tractor. He's got a four-wheeler. He's got all this stuff. And then my brother shows up in his massive truck. Bigger is better in North America. So if you want to experience big trucks, go to North America. They're massive. Um, Anyways, he rolls up, and he has this thing called a side-by-side. I don't know. Anyways, it's two seats. And it's, you know, caged in. And you can rip on this thing. And so, yeah, the more toys, you win, right? (laughs) Um, So this is what ambition strives for. Okay? This is what it goes after is more, better. And it strives. But the striving is for number one, right? In a lot of what we see in life. Um. Where the world teaches us, you know, we, it's all about the best, the bigger, the faster car, the larger house, um, bigger properties, bigger paycheck um, than our neighbor. But the, di- the Bible teaches the opposite, yeah? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, right? Nothing. But lowliness in mind, let us esteem others better than ourselves, right? The positive thing is, is that as believers, we can, we can go after a career, right? We can be ambitious and do well. We can go for those education things and esteem for that, and that's okay. It's a good thing. We can have financial goals. Hey, God teaches us a lot about in the Bible, right? Financial goals. We can have a focus on our calling, our destiny, um, what God's leading us into. These are all ambitious. These are all going for the higher, and that's a good thing. The other thing we can focus on is our health, right? We can focus on healthy boundaries with one another in relationship. We can have that ambition to work life balance, right? We can go after these things, and they are ambitious, and they're good, but they can also disguise one of the biggest threats to ambition, and that's selfishness. Even in these good things, it can hide that selfish ambition. So we get off focus, 
okay? We can have all these good ambitions, but underneath, the focus is off, right? In Philippians 2, verse 3, it says, do nothing out of self-advantage. I already said that. Um, and vain conceit. We're going to just repeat it because it's good. Do nothing out of that. Um, but in humility, consider others more significant than yourself. This is a warning about, our, about against selfish ambition. This is something that we get off tilter. We, we lose focus. And, you know, the reality is, Throughout our day, we really do focus on ourselves a lot, right? It, it's not a bad thing. What time you get up? What time do I like to get up? I know um, in my household, we have a variety of different perspectives on how getting up and the timing of getting up. Some love the leisure time of waking up early, you know, doing this routine so that I have a cushion so that I can just relax. Others, I want to get up the, the minute before I have to get dressed, eat, and out the door. And so, you know what I mean? We think a lot about our preferences. We think about what we like to eat for breakfast versus what we don't. We spend our day always thinking about ourselves in those daily tasks. And that's okay, right? We can't, I don't think the scripture is talking about this, do nothing out <laughs> of selfish ambition. But what it's referring to is when we are demanding in those daily things, when it becomes all or nothing in those daily things. And so, yep, lost perspective here. Boop, boop. <laughs> but what the Bible is referring to is, and the, the whole new dimension it's wanting us to do is to be others-focused. In the Bible, it literally means to esteem as honor. That's what ambition is talking about. Esteem as honor. Being ambitious in, its, in itself is not wrong. It's what we esteem and what we honor is the problem. Okay? And so the Bible teaches that we should have ambition, yet the object of our ambition is Christ. That is the thing, and to be accepted by Christ. That should be our ambition, to honor him, to not allow the world to diminish that. Yeah? Um, God, uh, Christ taught us that it is to be first in the kingdom, is to be a servant. We're all about serving here, right? to be a servant. And so many times we can actually get to places where we resent it, right? We can serve, and this is when it's a warning to you that you have lost the ambition of Christ, is when there that little resentment starts to <laughs> form in our hearts. But, you know, that is what actually sacrificial service is what God is looking for. And Why? because that's what he did. He sacrificed so much, and he served to the point of death on a cross. Yeah? And so we want to imitate that. We want to look out. We don't want to look out for number one. 
because that is not the highest priority in the kingdom of God, is not looking after number one. I want us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I think I have it up on the screen, hopefully. <laughs> um, this is a new thing for me to work with, like, a screen. I think it's, I think it's really important because it's, it's scripture, and you guys need to read it, right? Um, so this whole aspect right here, in, in the, this part in the Bible, um, it's Paul speaking to the church. And the church had gotten off track, Okay. And they, they kind of despised Paul in how he lived his ministry. Um, he wasn't successful in the world. And even with bringing all this amazing truth and the word of God, and um, they, they started to really look down on it. And there was broken relationship. And, and Paul was trying to restore it. And, um, and he wanted to remind them that the, the thing that we need to do is to honor and esteem um, Christ. And that is why we do what we do. And so what do you got up here? It says, when I came to the city of Taurus to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened the door for opportunity for me. But I had no peace of mind because my dear brother, Titus, hadn't yet arrived with a report for you. So I said goodbye and went on to Macedonia to find him. But thank God, he has made us his captives and continued to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. This fragrance is preserved differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. This is what we want to be. We want to be that life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many... Oh. <laughs> Has, what is it? Hackers? What's that word? I don't know that word. <laughs> who preach for a personal prophet. Um, we preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. We're going to just stop there. I'm pretty sure that's the last one. But looking at that whole aspect that we preach for no personal profit, that's the thing I really want to focus on. The fact that when we interact with one another, when we're others-focused, we are a fragrance to one another. And that needs to be there. But we don't do it for personal profit. We aren't to, to look at that. We're not to seek that. And... Um, Jesus desires all people to know him and reach their full destiny. And this is what Paul was after. He was so focused on this church because they lost sight of that. That they, they're losing sight. They're, they're trying to make profit. They despise the fact that Paul's not making profit. And they don't want to live that type of a ministry. 
But he's trying to remind them that it is a sweet fragrance and it should be desirable. And that should be what's desirable to us as well. Um, but we don't want to get in the way of this. We want to bring life of Christ to others. Let's um, go through to um, chapter 3. And we are beginning to praise ourselves again. You know, it's, we don't want to, we want to make sure we really refocus. When we find ourselves really looking and, and f- getting that navel gazing again, we want to say, no, 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 we're beginning to praise ourselves again. And are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. What he's talking about here is is the fruit of our interaction. When we go after others, that is our letter of recommendation. When we see people's lives changed, when in our relationship we see that relational dynamic change, then that is our letter of recommendation. We need... We need in you, oh wait, the only letters of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the results of our ministry among you. The letter is written not with a pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on a tablet of stone, but on the human hearts. Is that the last? I think, yeah. (laughs) We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He enables us to be ministers of the new covenant. This is a covenant not written laws, but the spirit. The old written laws ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. When we are others focused, when we have ambition for one another, we will see life penetrating and we will naturally receive it. And so we want to have that others focus. In Philippians 3, 8, it also says, indeed, this is one of my favorite scriptures from Paul. And this is, this is something that realigns me every time I look at it. And it says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. When I read this scripture and when, when we are selfish ambition rises up, it's coming back to something like this. Because what this creates is a revolutionary attitude, right? Because when we pray, we don't just, it's not just prayer, you know? It, it doesn't become this, you know, our attitude, what it becomes is it, it's just for the sake of prayer. We do it because it is to worship, it's to worship God, Right? This is what our attitude changes to. To serve him is for the sheer joy of serving the living God. When we read the Bible and we have that, that, that ambition of love for others, 
then it's just because it's his book. It's not because we have to study and know scripture. It's because it's his book. To know him, it's just about purely the joy of knowing and having that access with God. You know, practically, you know, the, we're, we're talking about this ambition with others. I, I just want to get practical with us here, eh? One of, the, one of the pure practicalities of making sure and aligning that we are ambitious for others, that our love is the ambition, is the goal, is the thing that we look at, is praying for others. On the piggybacking on that is encouragement. You know, you can never go wrong with encouraging somebody. Not always. People, you know, it's hard. I know, especially in this culture, <laughs> uh, I've learned, you know, and it's a hard one. But I always say when it comes to having ambition for others, for some, praying for someone is really intimidating. But encouraging, I can do that. <laughs> and for others, it's, I can't encourage. <laughs> it's really hard for me to do that. Um, get the words out. Well, then pray for them and allow the encouragement to come through prayer. You know, and so you can, you can do both. But the thing that we, when we're others focused, the thing that we want to look out for is for them to know Christ, right? And to find their purpose. Those are what God's agenda is. Those are his goals. Those are ultimately his goals, that everything is that they become closer to the knowledge of Christ. But then also they, have, they find their purpose, the other thing um, good to always keep in check and to help you, I might spend a little bit longer on this one, um, is be people-oriented while being task-oriented. All right? You like it. Yeah. We don't want to, we never, our heart, and I, I do not see this at Oceans at all, but it's, we don't trample on one another, Right? when we're task-orientated, or sometimes people that are relational-orientated can also trample a little bit. But we allow ourselves sometimes to be annoyed by people when they're interrupting our tasks, yeah? Sometimes we're on a task. <laughs> Could be a number of things. I mean, I, I find sometimes um, when I am... Uh, maybe even preparing a word. <laughs> I'm on a task, and the interruptions can get a bit irritable. Um, or our deadlines, especially, right? And we can have our tasks getting ready for service. It can be so many different things that can be our task. Um, but we've got to do task with people, guys. And I think that's the thing we have to always remember, that in every task... In most cases, we're doing it with people, and we're not doing it through them. And I think that's when we start to see that we have ambition for others, is that we put this in line of everything we do. I'll never reach maturity alone, yeah? So I can have this goal of maturing myself in Christ, soaking up the truth, responding, but if I'm doing it in isolation, I, I, I will only reach a ceiling with my maturity. And so we want to do it. We've got to remember that that's so much part of what we do. We find our identity through finding destiny. 
God is completely task-orientated, and he is completely relationally oriented. He does both. You watch Jesus. You look at the scriptures. He does both. He has a purpose. He has a goal. He has things that he's doing. And even in those tasks, he would stop. And he would notice people. A lot of uh, relational problems are sorted when we give people vision to move on. Yeah? We get those relational things and so giving task can also bring that. It, you know, getting them focused on other things. We want to bring and marry these two things in our lives, always. Godly ambition is displayed through your life as an instrument of blessing to others. Just as Jesus said, I did not put this in a slide, sorry. Um, John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I love you, and that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, and if you, if you love one another. You know, this reminds me of a story. I have a couple of them, but I think I'm just going to do one, one story. <laughs> Um, but this, this scripture reminds me of a story in a time when I, because um, I'm with Youth of the Mission, we do lots of uh, um, outreaches and go into different nations. And one nation that I love is India. And um, I was there and we had a translator. And um, this translator didn't know Jesus, but we just were looking. We went to universities. We needed translators. We just found anyone that would do it. Um, we would make sure they got a meal that day, and that was it. They were, they were in. And so this, this man, he was with a team, a young guy, and university student. And he came along, and he would translate, and he was focused on that. you know. But it wasn't the message of the gospel that got his attention. It was how the people operated together. It was out of, that's the thing that he came to the revelation. He says, you guys teach about this Jesus. I hear all the words, but I see it in action. And he says, the way you love one another, the way you resolve conflict, the way you interact and your tasks are getting disrupted, but then your goal is always loving each other. I want to follow that Jesus. That's what turned his focus, was that he could see the loving of one another. And so, yeah, I just think that, I hope this is something that's really inspiring you guys to really focus on. You know, selfish ambition focuses on what you get, okay? And godly ambition focuses on what you can give, always. And that's what Jesus does, is he's always giving, well, I have, have more, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. But I just really, um, yeah, I just think that I want to inspire you guys that, you know, focusing on, on others, um, but Jesus is the one that will show you. He will be the one that shows you how to do that, how to realign it. When we focus on Christ and what he's done, we will naturally love one another, you know. So I'm just going to pray. I want to I wanna just um, leave some space for you guys to just meditate on some of these. But, yeah, so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you you sent Jesus. I thank you that he is the best example of this. 
but he was one that got the job done. He's the one that was focused on the task that you sent him here, but yet he was fully engaged and related with others. And that was his goal. That was his goal is to see that we all come to know you, that we find our ambition that you have called us to. And um, yeah, I just, I just really, um, I really sense that uh, just as that title that I had was um, Go Beyond Yourself, I really feel like there is people here that are ready. They've been soaking the, the truth. They've been learning. They've been getting discipled. Um, but maybe there has been a little bit of focus on self in the midst of that. And it's been good. They've been getting healing. And, but I think God's saying that you really do need to turn and go beyond yourself. You know, we aren't ones that um, need any recommendation to do the will of the Father. There is no recommendation or letter or anything, but maybe there's somebody that you've been prompted to, to talk to, to reach out, to go beyond yourself. Um, you may not have the words, but I, I wanna charge you today in Jesus' name to go and really be others focus. Talk to people that don't know you, God, that they, they would talk to people about you. And I, I, yeah, I just pray for that in Jesus' name. And I've been talking a lot about Christ today. And um, maybe you are somebody that doesn't know Christ and doesn't know this amazing Jesus that we follow. Um, but maybe this whole talk about selfishness, maybe there's been a lot of focus on self and you've tried so much to have this ambition in life, but you're finding it's not working. And maybe, yeah, maybe relationships have been really, really jarred in your life because of this selfishness. And maybe this is being something that's been a flashlight on today. But there's a Jesus that loves you, that wants to redeem your ambition and that it will go further than your dreams. It will go further than what you think. But he died on the cross and he redeemed all of that. What selfish ambition does is it leads you to areas of sin. It will lead you to things that you don't wanna do. But when we move that to Christ, he will set you free. And I just, if there's someone here today or online that is feeling that they wanna know this Jesus. They wanna make that step to enter into an other's focus, to stop all this selfish looking and seeking and achieving empty goals, that you want a new goal today. Just with everyone with their eyes closed, that they would just take a brave step and just lift your hand up. Say, I, I, wanna, I, want, I want this Jesus. I want, it, I want him to show me how to live this life, this selfless life, but one that would be focused on Jesus. If God's prompting your heart, just raise your hand. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Well, I'm gonna just pray. Let's just see if, yeah. Well, Father, I just want to pray right now 
Lord, if there's anyone that is getting that tug in their heart to lay down the selfish ambition and to take up the cross and to follow you and to pursue a life with Jesus Christ, that you would lead them right now, that you would say, I, I lay down my life, I lay down this selfish ambition, and I want to, to follow you, Jesus. Just pray right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.